0: I'm your host Sky Gwasco. You are listening to the Candlestick Kids Fantasy Football Podcast. Please follow us on Instagram at fantasy football underscore TCK and on Twitter at TCK underscore Pod. You can find all of our rankings and multiple articles at tckpod.com. We've got a lot to cover, so let's get into it. Welcome back in everybody to episode 260 of the Candlestick Kids Podcast. Episode two or, yeah, two of the Stat rat series. We are, when we're recording this, not done with week one yet, but when you're hearing this officially done with week one, lot, lot, a lot has happened. Uh, the hashtag Let Russ Cook campaign might actually be happening. He might the throw what? the hashtag Let Russ Cook campaign, man. The, yeah. It, yeah. It, it, it might be a thing. We don't know.
1: But, Indeed. Dwayne,
0: first off, I mean, go Bears. And just give me one... Not even like a stat rat takeaway. Just give me one takeaway from week one in general.
1: Um, yeah, Nick Foles should be the starting quarterback in Chicago. That's my takeaway. If we're talking about the Bears anyway, Mitchell Trubisky is so bad at football. Now, the problem is he always does just enough to keep his job. Whether they won that game or lost that game, he did just enough in the fourth quarter. He'll keep the job, which is a real damn shame because he's a terrible, terrible fucking quarterback. But I got lots of takeaways that we're going to get to, I think, over the course of this show for week one, because a lot of shit happened. Just today, I'm watching this guy's on the IR now, this guy's on the IR, this guy's on the IR. All through the day, these things are just popping up on my phone. So shit went down. We got a lot to talk about. And uh, we also have to prepare for week two. Doing the show on Monday is hard because, you know, not all everything that happened this weekend's out yet. We don't even know everything that happened this weekend. That like we can't. I, it's hard to find Snapchat accounts Monday morning when you're Sun whatever day it is today. Monday morning, which I really can't wait to look at for some of the games um that we watched. I have an idea, but I had four screens going watching all the games at once as many as I could. So it's hard to it's hard to see all that stuff, but uh still plenty to plenty to discuss here in Week One. Heck yeah,
0: for sure. Yeah, definitely a lot to get into. So we're just gonna hop right into it here. So. I have a couple of sort of trends or just takeaways. We'll go over those first that I think we can – actually, one more thing here. So, there's this whole thing about week one victory laps that people are kind of – well, it's the people that missed and did bad this week and their takes were wrong. They go, stop taking week one victory laps. So, I put out a tweet this morning saying that each week of the season is worth the exact same thing when it comes to overall fantasy record. That is the only thing that matters when it comes to playoffs. So, therefore, I'm not saying that everything we saw in week one was going to be what we see the rest of the season. But throwing that week away means you're not going to get wins down the road because you're already down that many – I think it's 6% of the season. So, we got to take it all into account here. Don't be the guy that says it's only week one because then there's only going to be a week two and there's only going to be a week three, all that stuff. So – is eight, it's eight. It's eight
1: percent of your fantasy season, right? Eight yeah. percent of the season, so it counts. Apparently, take apparently your victory it doesn't laps. Matter. Yeah. Apparently, it doesn't matter. You might not long, get I to guess. take any more victory laps after week one, so take them while you can. That's the way. Okay, that's the nature of this game. We don't know what's going to happen, so when something does go our way, just just uh, just relish that. Just bathe in the glory of being right for a little while. All righty.
0: Starting off here, I harped on it all week. I ranked Josh Jacobs as my number three. The Carolina Panthers last year allowed 1.94 rushing touchdowns a game to running backs. They come out right away in week three, week one, sorry, I'm saying week three, with three touchdowns allowed. That is a trend we're going to continue to hit. Now they get the Buccaneers this week. So uh, if you're asking me who the starter is, it it looked like it was Rojo, but then Arians came out today and said that Fournette's going to see more work. So for now, I'd lean Rojo in terms of rankings and if you had both to play both or whatever the case may be. So that's a good spot there. Um Then I had one more here besides the, the light rush cook, but I kind of already went off that. The Atlanta projections that we had were exactly right. People were making fun of me because I had them projected for like 700 passing yards and there's no way Russell Gage could be a fantasy guy. No way they run all these plays. They got manhandled in that game. Oh, and three yeah. receivers had 12 targets, nine catches, and over a hundred yards each. And I – I don't see how that doesn't keep up to me personally. Because if they're winning these games, that means they're doing good. That means they're still throwing the ball for yards. And it's not like Gurley's going to run all over teams. So, Well, Gurley go scored on... in
1: this one too. It's not like it was just an air offense completely. He had a, he had a fine day. Yeah, and I think – yeah. I just think it's, it's – This team is going to have a lot of production all year, all over.
0: For sure. Do you have any takeaways that
1: uh, – the main ones, I guess? I have so many, dude. I don't even know where to st- – I'm gonna let me start with this. I'm going to tell you my favorite – okay, I'm going to tell you my favorite things that happened th- this week, um, and then I'll tell you my least favorite things. I'm just going to roll through them real fast for you. Uh, one of my favorite things that I saw this weekend was Joshua Kelly. He's a guy who I've been just tooting my horn about all offseason long as well. Uh, He didn't get his first touch in the game until three minutes left in the first half. And then he finished with 12 carries to Eckler's 19 carries, went 60 yards, scored a touchdown. He got the goal line uh, look in the third quarter, out carried Eckler in the second half, nine to eight. So um, he, I've been saying it all along, he's going to be the rushing running back on that team. And I was so happy with with what I saw from him and the team's willingness to go to him um, when they figured out that Eckler wasn't. The guy, another rookie running back that I loved seeing was Zach Moss. Nine carries, three of those inside the five. We knew exactly what he was going to be. The goal line back, um, seven total carries from the red zone. But he also got some pass-catching work, probably just a uh, um, a result of just a game. I mean, the game was what the game was. It was the Jets. It's hard to pick anything against what's, uh, you know, the Jets as uh, real life. But it is what it is. The last thing uh, that I think – Maybe my one of my favorite things to see was uh, in Tampa Bay, it was O.J. Howard, not Rob Gronkowski. That seemed to be the guy. I, I've been, again, saying all, all season, like off season long, Gronkowski's not Rob, the Rob Gronkowski of old. And and O.J. Howard doubled his targets, had the third most on the team, in fact, was the red zone leader. Um, it, Gronk is not a thing, and I'm so happy to see that. Those are, my, those are my favorite things. Let me hit you with my least favorite things. First one had to be the Marlon Mack Achilles. I mean, I was so hyped on Marlon Mack. I had him in every lineup going, every daily lineup going. I was screaming his name from the top of my house, Um, and he was heavily involved, right? He had four carries, 26 yards, three catches for 30 yards. That was um, basically a quarter, you know, a quarter and a few minutes before uh, goes down, torn Achilles, done for the season. Just a couple of minutes ago, Frank Reich says, yes, Jonathan Taylor is going to be our starter, but – not surprised if they sign somebody else onto this team. A lot of guys sitting out there in free agency. I don't think it's going to be Devonta Freeman, um, but maybe the Jets, by the way, are going to pick up Devonta Freeman in a couple of minutes. The My last least favorite thing was Peyton Barber, the stealer of souls in fantasy football. Five carries from inside the five. He, he basically took Gibson off the field inside the red zone altogether. Let's not forget that Gibson's 6'2", 220-something pounds. He's a big dude but Barber was the only one to touch the ball in close 17 carries total 10 of those in the red zone. That was really hard to take. I know everybody was high on Gibson. I wasn't quite as high as most people, but I see what he could do. He just didn't get a chance.
0: Yeah. And I think with the, the football team, the team with no name is going to be leading the NFC East after today. They, they tried getting Gibson in at the start. Cause I had that game on just for DFS and whatever purposes. And it, I don't even want to say like he just couldn't get it in. I think it was just like it's going to take time for this role to develop. And this was the whole process of me saying that I can't insert a guy that had 70 career touches, was drafted as a receiver, switched to running back that plays for the football team to be go off in week one. And I feel like that was like a crazy thought process, but I think people kind of I mean, saw he, that.
1: He had a, he had a fine game and he was yeah. relatively productive with the ball. It's just that if he's never going to get an opportunity to score, if Peyton Barber is once again just going to tank somebody's fucking fantasy value like he's done his whole career, that's that's a damn shame. I got a couple surprises that I want to point out that that you know, as I looked back, I was really shocked by. First of all, the top three quarterbacks and average air yards on the on the week. Um, average intended air yards I should say on the week. Carson Wentz who was in the bottom half last year. Tyrod Taylor who everybody all offseason long said is going to be dink and dunk. He was number two and Kirk Cousins also in the bottom half last year. Very surprising. I know nobody expected Mike Williams to play at all because those were all the reports but um, Tyrod likes to throw it deep to your boy Mike Williams so that might be something to watch. Um, The other thing that I want to mention it seemed while we were watching that there was There wasn't a whole ton of offense going on, at least in the first half of the first slate of games. But uh, that wasn't necessarily the case. There were seven quarterbacks, seven quarterbacks that threw enough, enough pass attempts in this game to be on a 650 pass attempt pace for the year, which obviously isn't going to hold up, but no quarterbacks hit that number 650 last year. We had so many got over 41. um, I think eight, maybe eight quarterbacks had 40 plus friggin pass attempts this year week. It was insane. The most surprising out of all of those results wise, Josh Allen, who I think was number two or three on that list, was 70 almost 72% accurate on the day. Talk about a big fucking day for my yeah. boy Josh Allen taking his step.
0: Yeah, I was watching that game because I I mean I just haven't met a lot of leagues, been hyping him up, whatever that team and he really like 72% I think is like skewed you could say because he he just missed some really bad throws. Where like that goes yeah. up to 90 and I mean, we'll go into another guy that's threw the ball at a ninety percent rate, Cam Newton here on the Patriots.
1: Yeah, well, nineteen passes. I mean, I out.
0: mean, I don't want to say that I said they were going to be better without Tom Brady because they're going to be more dynamic, but they, I don't know, they they didn't even try in this game. They literally didn't even try this offense. With people are freaking out because Edelman only ran twenty routes. Like, did you need him to run more than twenty routes that game? Right. He had 13 fantasy points in PPR. I did the math. If you extrapolate that out, that would have finished. as like the wide receiver, like 12 last year, literally where he's going to finish. Like, if anything increased yeah. volume, it's just going to happen. Uh, they had fifth or 14 design runs for Cam Newton, which I don't want to say it was shocking because, like, I wouldn't have, like, projected that. But, like, Bill Belichick's just a god, man. Like, he, he didn't even – it's just weird, I guess. Like, the way they what They know, they know what, game, they do
1: what they're doing. They know how to use yeah. their pieces. Um, I, it was way more designed runs than I expected. Yeah. I mean, especially early. I mean, early on, it was insane how much he ran the ball. But, but yeah, they're going to use the guy the best that uh, they can, and I think it's going to pay dividends for them. I still don't think they win the division. I still think the Bills are going to win the division. Mm-hmm. What do you think about that, Take You on board?
0: I don't know now. I, I, get, I, I think they're both going to be really undervalued good teams, and I really – I guess I lean like Belichick is getting in Josh Allen's head on defense still yeah. until Allen can prove it otherwise. But I'm not gonna be like, oh my gosh, there's no way the Bills win. Cause that, I mean, that, that that team just looked good. Savon Diggs was definitely a huge addition for this team. John Brown's still
1: a, John Brown beast. looked crazy in the first half, man. Good lord. Yeah. I thought I thought they, they they forgot Diggs was on the team in the first half. It was crazy.
0: know. Um, they just seems like a third. I mean, Biggs is okay, but once they get like a third. I don't know, John Brown receiver or something like that. That's when they're really going to fire it up there. And, yeah, Zach Moss doing exactly what we all projected he was going to do. I mean, Singletary is still good usage. Man. Yeah. Yeah. Singletary is still had good usage. I'm not, like, all out on Singletary either, but I think it will come down to the touchdown. Josh Allen with the 14 rushing attempts too. I don't know how many were designed or, or uh, scrambles, or I haven't seen the data on that yet. So, if I do, uh, we'll come back to that later this week.
1: Uh, another so, one I mean, here. This, this... Oh, yeah. Oh, no, yeah, go ahead. You got another one that surprised you. Hit
0: us. I I was gonna say the Dolphins running backs. So I I so there's a podcast that I listened to and they had Patrick Laird on the show because they're like buddies yeah. with them. And he was saying that Miles Gaskin was having an amazing camp, like out of this world camp. And like I mean, whatever. Everyone's gonna be like it's Miles Gaskin, whatever. Gaskin comes out here and played 39 snaps. The Breed is 14 and Howard's nine. Howard did get injured, so maybe it was more like 30 to 20 to 14 or something like that. But still,
1: like, yeah, still.
0: Do you, because a part of me is like, go pick up Gaskin, but then I'm like, but this team sucks, so are they just going to keep moving stuff around? How do you, like, what do you view? Because this is the perfect game script for Breed to play in a negative yeah. game script to just let him try and break one loose, and he just frankly didn't play.
1: I'm not doing anything about anything on that team this week. I think, I mean, how many turnovers in that game? Yeah. I think um, I'm going to hold off for one more week on Miami because there are going to be pieces on this team worth owning. And, and you know what? If Gaston gets out there again and out snaps or even plays a good chunk, then he's going to go on my list. But if somebody wants to pick him up in all my leagues this week, I'm going to let him. I don't, I, you know, I don't want to be fooled by week one. You said it. Last week, mostly about receivers, I think. But like somebody breaks yeah. out in week one, does something big in week one, that doesn't necessarily mean hey now he's the guy. So I'm holding off. If it were a team that scores more points and was a more prolific offense, I might jump a little sooner. But it, as I look at my as I look at my guys on my bench, you know, it's always the question like is he? Do I feel more confident in him than somebody on my bench? And there's nobody on my bench that I would drop for somebody like that yet. I'm a, we'll watch it close next week though for sure.
0: Yeah, I agree. I think that there's not really like a reason to pick him up, but we can go into another guy here, which if he's not on if he's not picked up yet from this podcast, I don't know here. James Robinson gets oh, yeah. all the team's right rushing attempts. All of the teams rushing attempts. Chris Thompson did not have a single carry. is probably not gonna play this week because I can't imagine I don't whatever. I, I don't think it matters, frankly. I just think Dude, O-Zigbo's,
1: Ozigbo's not on the team anymore.
0: Oh yeah. I mean sorry, Armstead. Oh, he's on the COVID list or
1: Nope they get, and they got is. uh they got uh oga Bawale now. Ogubawale, yeah,
0: he's not gonna run the is. ball though. Like they, they literally have no one except for Armstead that would compete with, with yeah. rushing attempts and be frank they don't know anything about Armstead. So if if James Robinson is on your waivers, I'm not oh, saying him. like throw fifty percent, but like he's the running back that he's normally when say a running back like him were to score a touchdown in a week where he sees all the work, he would be a 70% waiver guy. He didn't score a touchdown, but still he had all the work. So maybe throw like 50, 60%. He's one guy that I'll be trying to get in every single league. And somehow, some way that they won
1: won that game somehow. uh, Hopefully people picked him up. Like I picked him up everywhere I could pick him up. Um, Hopefully people got him as soon as he was named the starter. He was totally free then. Um, That's about – it's about what you should have paid him for totally free. I don't know that I'm dumping a huge stash of my my coin in there yet because I do want to see what happens when Rock gets back on the field, which, you know, in a week or two he'll be there. But, uh, yeah, it was great to see. Great first half. What do you have, 50 yards in the first half? But he ended with 62, which was a little disappointing. But, uh, is you know, it is what it is. Hey, I have a huge list of guys that, uh, that I call smokescreen guys. This is our Stat Rats show. I got a huge list of guys that if people are just going to their waiver wire and uh, looking up the most fantasy points scored by waiver guys they might want, and I want to tell them that they shouldn't. Can we do that now? Are we ready for that? It's a big list, so just kind of jump in when you want. Otherwise, I'm going to keep talking. I know you said Russell Gage earlier today, but I'm going to stop people, slow people down, and tell them that Russell Gage is a smokescreen right now. Um, Yeah, he had 12 targets. The guy, these guys had 12 targets, but um, five of his nine catches on the day, 75 yards of his production came in the last three minutes of either the half or the game. Um, so, in the two to four minute drill, maybe he's the guy. But dur- throughout the course of the game, first quarter, second quarter, most of the um, third and fourth quarter as well, he was minimally used. He wasn't targeted very often. So, you know, when the when the Defense was pulling back and just kind of saying, hey, let's not lose this game. That's when Russell Gage picked it up. I am always hesitant to pick up a guy that did all his work in the two or four-minute drills, okay? So I slowed your roll a little bit there. Um, another guy that you should probably be cautious of is Quintes Cephas. I know I tell people all the time, just go look at your waiver wire. Don't, don't look at fantasy points. Look at targets. And he pulled 10 targets down yesterday. He, his name was being called all the time. Only three catches, so he didn't have a huge fantasy production. But I see people trying to pick him up this week based on targets. I just want to remind everybody, he was Kenny Galladay's replacement. Galladay's going to be back, and he's going to be relegated. Now, I like Cephas in a a dynasty league, but I'm not touching him in a redraft anywhere. Let somebody waste their money on him now. Another guy that you should really be wary of is Jamison Crowder. You should always be wary of Jamison Crowder. Years and years of being wary of Jamison Crowder has served me well. Um, He had a nice day. But look, four catches and 34 yards in the last minute of the first half. He had one 69-yard touchdown that, by the way, he caught on the, yard, the line of scrimmage and broke for 69 yards, which, like, he may do sometimes. But if you take that away, his day was six catches, 46 yards, minus the two-minute drill in the first half or the one-minute drill in the first half. He's looking at two catches, um, a grand total of 12 yards on the day. So, like – be cautious. Yes, his line looked good by the end of the game, but it's not something that he wasn't a persistent targeted wide receiver over the course of the game, which is what you really want to see. Um, another guy I'll mention: MVS Marquise Veldez Scantling. He was tar- he's second most targets on the team. Um, some really good. nice quality targets down a field, but that dude can't. He drops the ball too damn much. And if you read Aaron Rodgers' lips after one of the deep balls that went right through, he short armed, alligator armed it, and dropped it. Um close up on Aaron Rodgers and he said, that fucking guy, and that's exactly how Aaron Rodgers feels about MVS, how we felt about him last year right before he disappeared from fantasy relevancy. Um, I don't I don't trust him because I know that Aaron Rodgers doesn't trust him, okay? Uh, another guy that I want to talk about here, well, you'll probably disagree with me on this one is LaViska Chenault. I didn't like him at all in the offseason. I still don't like him. I know he scored um, three for. Four though, 37 yards in his touchdown. He had an 18 yard catch, right? So get rid of that. He's two for three, 19 yeah. yards on the day, right? That's not, that's, that's, the, that is the definition of stat rat. He scored on an 18 yard catch. If you take that one play away, he was totally worthless, and that's what you should spend on him nothing. On yeah, I
0: think, choir. and, and DD Westbrook's coming back. So that's more, I guess the hype for him is more of a dynasty perspective just due to the versatility. Sure. Of what he is. Sure. And I think I, I, yeah, I, the, the whole Jaguars thing this doesn't make sense to like, I think give takes on because they literally hit it like league high, like NFL history high. Like they were out, they, they were out yardaged by like 200 yards. Like they like, they just win the turnover battle and somehow managed to win that game. Colts, 20 game. passes
1: on the day. Yeah. And, like yeah, that's, was-
0: that's, in theory, that's not going to happen again, but then they're going to throw more. So we just got to kind of see how the, the negative game scripts that will happen with with this team sort of play out um, the next coming weeks.
1: Yeah, and watch Didi. Like, Didi has a history of getting hurt. So should he go out again and you get a good matchup? Maybe. But Dee Westbrook's a better receiver than he is right now. DJ Shark is a better receiver than he is right now. Like, I'm not spending anything on him. Here's a guy that people are going to – this guy is going to go early. He's right at the top of everybody's waiver list, and it's Naheem Hines. Like, I'm telling you, this guy's a smokescreen. Don't spend your money. Yes, he is clearly part of the game plan, right? Yes, when, when Frank Reich said 10 catches a game, like that wasn't totally out of the – he had eight, right, on an eight target. It wasn't totally out of the realm of possible. But with Marlon Mack going down and um, Himes coming in and stealing touchdowns from him early and just being all over the field, people are going to rush to him. But I, I, you don't. Don't. Look, Jonathan Josh. Jonathan Taylor comes in here um, goes nine for 22, six catches for 67. Like he took pass catching work away from nine when he got in the game. I'll remind you that he did not touch the ball at all before Mac went out. So he had a quarter and a half less, um, on the field than Hines did caught nearly the same amount of balls for more yards, um, more, more carries. In fact, look, when, after Mac went out, Naheem Hines' rushing numbers were three attempts for seven yards. Like, he's not going to come in and just take a bunch of rushing work because he had some while Mac was still in the game. It's Jonathan Taylor's show. Um, Naheem Hines will be sprinkled in, and he will have big games. But don't expect, like, two, what do you have, two touchdowns, right? Don't expect yeah. a two-touchdown day often at all, if ever. Speaking yeah, of two touchdowns yeah. – no, go ahead.
0: I was just going to say, there's no way he's going to be this goal line. I mean, like – I think you can see he had like seven targets, I think seven targets. So, like, eight targets. That's pretty, I think that's what his, like, I think clearly that's his floor in terms of not like he's going to get eight every game, but like we should expect that usage because they came out right away firing with that. But yeah, no, you yep. can't expect two, two rushing touchdowns with Jonathan Taylor for him every week.
1: Speaking of uh, two rushing touchdowns, my next guy is J.K. Dobbins. He scored twice but he had 7 touches 7 total touches no catches 22 total yards be wary of the touchdowns now if he if he is legitimately the goal line back and he's the only one that carried it on the goal line then we know that's valuable we saw what happened with Ingram last year but Ingram is still there sure he didn't get these two goal line carries which are the only two that the team had in the game but Let's see what happens. If if Dobbins comes in on the goal line again next week, fine. Let's let's go all in yeah. and buy the goal line back on a team that that can score from the goal line. But I don't think that's the case. I think it was just happenstance that it was just his turn to be in, um, and they were pretty they were sticking pretty hard to the uh, rotation there. Yeah,
0: it was weird. I guess I don't I can not really know how it to was so it. weird.
1: Yeah, seven carries and two of them from the goal line. I mean, yeah, we'll re- re- reevaluate it uh, next week probably. Um, Mitchell Trubisky, another one we talked about a little bit before we started recording here. He had three quarters of trash. Here's his line through three quarters, 12 of 26 for 153 yards. That's 46% accurate. Fourth quarter, he goes eight for 10, 89, three touchdowns. Fantastic. Couple things to remind you. The Lions defensive backfield is trash to begin with. In this game, CJ Moore and Okuda, their first round draft pick Mm -hmm. didn't play. And uh, Trufant and Justin Coleman, they're starting nickelback, left the game before it was over. So an already shitty defensive backfield were decimated before and mid game. And Trubisky managed one quarter of like NFL caliber quarterback play. This guy sucks ass at football. So just w- ignore him completely. Like his final line looks great. Yeah. And he's going to keep the job because of it. But he's trash, people. trash, We love Trash. It. We love it. Last one. Gardner Minshew is a absolute smokescreen. Only 20 pass attempts, guys. Only 20 pass attempts. One more than the worst in the league, uh, which was Cam for 19. Only had 173 yards passing. Yes, he had three touchdowns, which is fantastic. But 4.5 air yards per attempt, 28th in the league this year. He was pressured on 17% of his pass attempts, second highest. That offensive line is real bad. Four sacks, which was second most in the league. He doesn't have time. Um, this is not an offense that's going to be super prolific. He's a fine low-end QB two, but he's not more than that. If you see the three touchdowns and you think, "Wow, I should I should put this guy in my one quarterback league," you're wrong. Don't do it. That's all of my smokescreen, guys. The guys that the the finish the final stat line will fool you if you let it.
0: All righty. So we kind of have to cut it short today. So I have I have a couple Wait, questions. I
1: got. I Okay. I got the other side of this, though. I got diamonds in a rough that oh, you should get. That's what
0: I was just going to ask you. Go for those. Yep. Okay.
1: So not everybody looked good and actually sucked shit. Some people looked bad but are absolutely worth your money. Obviously, Jonathan Taylor is one of them. We just talked about him. Um, go pick up Jonathan Taylor if you can. Especially now, it's going to cost you everything you have if he's on your waiver wire, which he's only on short, short bench, yeah. single fucking quarterback redraft leagues. But get him. The other guy's Darren Waller here, okay? Darren Waller had a bad day, but it wasn't all bad for him. He led the team in targets. Um, he didn't turn those into many yards. I think it was 37 yards, maybe 40 yards. He didn't have any red zone targets in this game, although last year he had 11, which was pretty good. Uh, Derek Carr was in the bottom half in pass attempts this week uh, where he finished top half last year. His bottom half in passing yards this week where he's was eighth in the league last season, bottom half in red zone attempts. He only had four passing attempts in the red zone. Last year he was 10th, um, zero red zone touchdowns. He, he scored right at about the, the middle of the pack on that category. This was an anomalous week for him in that passing offense, which will come up. And Darren Waller, we saw that he is a, he's still a big piece. He's still getting the target share that he needs to succeed. So a guy like that, buy him on the targets and the production will follow. That's it, that's it.
0: Okay, so just kind of going through maybe some, like, general waiver talk. We'll go more in depth uh, as we get more data and get better. We can throw data at you all day, but we have to show you what it actually means. So, what we'll is kind of doing? Um, so, in terms of waivers, I think the three main guys, if I had to guess, are going to be Hines. I bet Goddard's in there. If Robinson's not picked up, him. Uh, you could probably throw in Carlos Hyde might be in there.
1: Um... Russell Gage is going to be at Russell the top Gage. of the
0: list. Uh, I mean, there's probably – there's so many. But basically, Chanel will probably get some uh, popular feedback there. Keelan Cole might, just because he kind of had some good usage. Um, i trying to think of any if I remember. CeeDee Lamb, for whatever reason, I highly doubt he would be maybe in a – no way in a home league. Um. Oh, Dalton Schultz might with this whole Blake Jarwin news. They don't
1: have a tight end. Oh, that broke there. my that broke my heart. That I broke know, my heart. I know. The,
0: uh, because I kind of if Tony Pollard is not drafted, go to, I think that might mean more touches for him. We kind of saw some unique ways they were getting him the ball. Not that like you could start him on standalone value, but he's the best handcuff in the league. And yeah, I mean, just go get him if he's there. But okay, so uh, out of Herndon might be too. So out of Herndon, Goddard, Gage, Hines, uh, Laviska trying to think who else here those are probably the main ones unless I'm missing something super obvious who would be like your Adrian Peterson might be who would be like your top priority on a neutral team like who do you think has the most
1: standalone value for the for the rest of the season after week one um AP is at the is right at the top of my list Joshua Kelly is right at the top of my list we didn't name him but what we saw from him was good enough that I'm ready to buy all, all in on him um, I would probably look at Malcolm Brown. He had a big day, uh, and Cam Akers just did not look very sharp, look very explosive or very fast. So I think we've got a few more games, three, four, five more games where I think Malcolm Brown's going to be doing some work. Um, so those are really the guys I'm looking at. Most of what you listed there, I'm not touching here after week one because, um, you know, I trust my draft more than I trust a, a one week's worth of production um, in a weird week without a preseason, right? So, like, those are the guys I'm looking at. I'll ignore the rest. I'll let I'll let the fools in my league take the rest. And if they hit on one of them, good for them.
0: For sure. Also, so before we get into our final betting picks, uh, just remember we did say Cardinals plus five thousand to the Super Bowl. They looked very, very, very Great. good.
1: They looked good. All right. So I don't well, have any... one one other guy I I yeah. look at is Jarek McKinnon. I thought Jarek McKinnon oh, yeah. didn't get a ton of touch, but I liked what I saw from him, and I and I saw him enough. Uh, that I think is going to be part of the game plan. All right, now sure. let's go. This.
0: So uh, we both – well, I only made one pick, like – or sorry, I have two picks I've, like, physically actually made, but then I have some lines that I like as of now. So but the only pick I've made, you got a better deal on that, is the Rams plus one. This really comes down to, I think, on a neutral field with no fans, I think they're an equal team. I'm going to take the side with the elite front seven that just made the Dallas Cowboys O-line look bad. Now you're instating a team that just let up eight sacks. The Redskins are good, but eight sacks to the Washington football team. The O-line might not be healthy. Who's going to win on Ramsey? Like, Rager's not going to win on Ramsey. d not going to run. So you're really relying on two tight ends where, I mean, tight ends can win you a game, but, but not really. They're more just a safety valve. So I like the Rams plus one. You got them at plus three. Uh, yep. You said that the lines are still all over the place. But if you're going to get it, I would get it now because it has moved quite a bit. Um, the other one I have locked in is a six point teaser. Uh, the Bengals Thursday night football plus 11 and a half. And then you tease the under, so under 50. Uh, I think that's, there's no way the Browns, I mean, for everything we said about the Browns, I've said about the Browns, it's still true people. So stop believing in some fake, some fake team. Um, so give the ones maybe you've put in or the some you like
1: or whatever. I got, um, so I like to do a first thing Monday morning. I mean, as quickly as possible before, before the lines catch up, um, I've got the Falcons over Dallas, but the Falcons are getting six and a half. I think that offense is so good. That six and a half points is just hard hard to for any team to overcome against the Falcons team that can score pretty much at will when they're ready. Um, I got the, the Packers giving up five and a half to beat Detroit. I thought Detroit looked like shit, and the Packers looked absolutely legit. Yeah. So, giving up five and a half, not a problem at all there for Aaron Rodgers. I got the Bears – uh, oh, sorry, I've got the Giants plus five and a half over Chicago. I think the Bears suck. They're my team, but they're terrible. I've got I still love the Giants. A
0: lot. Yeah.
1: We'll see what happens with the Giants tonight. I've got them money line against the Steelers, just saying. Um, I think giving them five and a half in, uh, against Chicago is, is easy, easy money. And lastly, I'm taking Jacksonville plus 11 yeah. against Tennessee. I know how good Tennessee is, but they're going to keep the ball on the ground and slow the game down if they can. Um, so, 11 points I will take. Finally, my money line bet here is going to be the Falcons. Plus 265 is where I got them today if they can take Dallas down, which uh, I think it's I think it's going to be uh, very doable for a team, like I said, that can just score.
0: Yeah, for sure.
1: We haven't even seen Hayden Hurst go off yet. It's coming. I know.
0: Yeah, for sure. So, a couple of other spots here just to keep in mind. We don't have any actual lines, but the Bucks running backs against Carolina – uh look at the, the rushing yards props or to score a touchdown maybe uh hollywood and andrews i mean one oh my gosh that seems good two will the market adjust to their they were at like i got them both at like 44 and like 52 or, it, it was stupid how much how much of their value they were they are so nice. uh, they play the texans so keep in mind that when you look at the lines and then uh will the market adjust to the cam newton rushing yard prop or rushing attempts keep that in mind too uh, they go against Seattle, so they're going to have to try and maintain the clock if they want to compete in that game, I think. So just keep in mind those. Um, if you want to see our picks, if we add any more, go to tckpod.com. I'm trying to think what else. I mean, we'll have a lot more we a scoreboard
1: up there. We're going to track it for you so you know who's better at this. I will say this about the Texans since you brought them up. I'm real damn mad about that KC Houston over-under. I picked the over at 54-and-a-half. Um, we had a missed field goal by the Texans. They went for two and missed it. We had Clyde yeah. Edwards-Hilaire, six goal line attempts, and failed to convert on any of them. And the end game score was 54 points. I'm so mad that I lost that over under. There's no reason for that bullshit to have happened. Screw those guys. Screw Clyde Edwards-Hilaire, who my, who Tyler Moss might have been accurate about when he went off on his red zone lack of ability um that that one pissed me I'm, I'm sour about that. i'm gonna be sour about that one for a while
0: for sure and will fuller is going to break out here um apparently not if they keep throwing it to him four yards downfield he won't but it's got to happen eventually though because he still had a high i think he was like eighth in like percentage of team air yards so it, it will happen more often than not here so anything else to close this out um shorter episode but next week will be full yep. force with hopefully That
1: that's it man you didn't you didn't mention th- we thrive it doesn't have his uh competitions up for next week yet so do check on the website tckpod.com you can find our thrive picks um that's that's a fun game to play it was a different different for me here in week one to do it and i really enjoyed it so so look for that for later sure. in the week
0: yeah we might have to split this up into two episodes now that kind of the bets are monday's a tough time you can get lines but props are not so we might have to uh, exercise that that idea maybe for something next we'll week. We'll play with it we'll take all right guys we will see you guys later go broncos go bears Trubisky sucks see ya yeah. thank you for listening to believe you can show support to your host by subscribing to the show and giving us a five-star rating on your preferred platform check us out at believe.com and search for b-l-e-a-v on youtube